0: morning everyone uh just really quick if this is your first time here or if your first time online please come back uh jay or cody will be back next week and we'll certainly bring a great message uh but i'm like like the song said lord i need you and i need you today and i trust in him to be with me as i do this uh i know, just just because of him uh, so over the past few weeks, Jay and Cody have been talking about Paul's fellow laborers during, in Colossians 4. But today we're going to take a short break, and Jay or Cody will pick that up next week and continue talking about those fellow laborers. But in the interim, I've picked a passage from Philippians chapter 2. So the reason why I did that is because a couple of interesting challenges have come over the past few weeks to a couple of us here at the church uh, Colin did a wonderful job this morning leading leading worship and I appreciate that I know that's, that's something new that we've been seeing over the past few weeks we've been counting on Cody all these years and I'm so thankful that Colin is stepping up to do that uh, I hope you guys continue to pray for him as he does that uh, how does something like that happen well Paul writes to the Philippians from prison, and in the passage for today, he spent some time talking about service and his joy in what the Philippians are doing. So if you'll take a moment, I'd like for you to turn to Philippians chapter 2 in your Bible, and we'll be reading verses 12 through 18. Uh, it's also up on the screen if you don't have a Bible, but I surely hope you have a Bible this morning. Uh Philippians 2, chapter 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good will. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice in me. If you guys would join me in prayer. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for this verse this morning. Please be with me, move me out of the way, and just use me as an instrument for you. Lord, I want to thank you for the those that are stepping up to do new things in the church, that are taking on service that they never considered before. And Lord, I hope you act in them. We pray this each day to grow them in their faith, to grow them in what they're doing, and to give them confidence. I want to ask that you be with us today and that we each get something from this message. I know I already have by, by preparing it, but I, I ask that you bring this to the, the other folks in the church and help them to understand where they need to be in their own ministry. Lord, I want to ask you to be with Jay and with Cody as they're away from us today. I want to ask that you keep them close to you, watch over them, and bring them back to us soon. Let's call all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first point I have for this morning is obey. And we know in Philippians 2.12 it starts with, Wherefore my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. When we obey, there, there are a couple things that we think about. The first thing we think about is obeying our parents uh it's it's a commandment from god uh ephesians 6 1 says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right colossians three twenty also says children obey your parents in all things for this is well and pleasing unto the lord so just really quick i wanted to focus on the why do we obey our parents you know sometimes we think well i obey my parents because there may be some punishment but the reality of it is we pay we obey our parents because we want to be pleasing unto the Lord. And that we want to do what God asks us to do. Uh, the next point is, is that we want to obey our masters. I know this seems kind of hard. We go to our job every day uh, and, and we're working. And sometimes it's difficult to obey the things that we have being asked to do. But Colossians 3.22 tells us clearly, servants... Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Again, this is that same kind of point, right? We don't, we don't want to serve our masters just because they're men, because we want to please them, because we want to be lifted up in the organization we're in or lifted up for the work we do, but we want to do it so that we please God so that we're pleasing God in the things we do each day. Next, you need to obey your elders. This is kind of an important one. Uh, And this is where a couple of us have been stretched recently. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for it is unprofitable for you. 1 Timothy 5.17 kind of reminds us that we should let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is re- worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses." So, I've read those. Let's remember really quick what an elder is. So Jay is an elder at this church. He's the pastor. He's the guy that stands in the pulpit every day or every week and labors in the word and doctrine so that he can teach us. It's an important thing that he does, and so when he asks us to do something, we need to be ready to remember that he has rule over us, and he has to get he has to be as one that gives an account remember if we do wrong in this world he's not going to suffer loss for that but it's going to be shameful to him and it's going to be something that he has to be accountable for or will feel accountable for and it's not profitable to us so next the final point and the reason why we talk about all these things is because you obey the lord Every single one of these chains, obeying our parents, obeying our, our ser- be as servants, and obeying the elders, is because we obey the Lord. Not because we want to please them, but because we want to please God. Exodus 19.5 says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And it's important to remember that all the earth is his, us included. Paul commends the Philippians for their obedience, not only for obeying him in his presence, but also when he's absent. You know, think about that. When when we as parents, when our children are in the house and we tell them to do something, we expect them to obey us. And sometimes we struggle with that. But when they're out with their friends or at another person's house, isn't it really wonderful when you hear that the things they're doing are the same things that you would want them to do at home? I mean, sometimes they even surprise you. The things they're doing are better than the things that you do at home. So, uh, But that's that thing you're looking for. Uh, when we go to work, does our boss expect to be standing at our desk making sure we're doing what we're doing? Does he follow us around all day? He doesn't. He expects us to do the things we're doing when he's not around, when he's not even in the office or at our workplace. So that's how Paul feels, right? He looks at that and sees that not only are you doing the things that I want done when I'm there, but now that I'm gone, you're still doing those same things. I don't have to be there every day for you to do the things I want you, that need to be done that God wants you to do. When Paul talks about working out your salvation, I kind of wanted to touch that point real quick. It isn't to work to be saved. We're not saved by our works. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 tells us clearly, For grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It, it is that gift. But the reason Paul points this out is to work out of our salvation. He goes on to remind us that God works in us to do His will, but He only works in us to do His will when we're saved. Ultimately, obedience to God is evidenced by obedience to our church pastors and leaders. So what happens when we don't obey? You know, disobedience has its own consequences. Do we remember what happened to Pharaoh? Pharaoh very clearly said in Exodus 5-2, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. That didn't turn out so well for him. Uh, It it wound up in death and destruction in in Egypt. All the cattle, the crops, the children, the firstborn, and even the army as they followed Israel over the Red Sea. The next example is one that we spent some time here talking about, and that was the example of Jonah. Jonah was really interesting because God came to him directly and said, Jonah 1, 2, and 3, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, and so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah took that a direct turn and faced his back to God and ran from him when he was asked to do something. That in, the, in the end, God got what he wanted. In the end, but Jonah was, had to face many trials after that. He was swallowed by a whale. Then returned to the beach where he'd left from. God continued to struggle with Jonah to go do what he wanted him to do, to preach to Nineveh. And part of Jonah's reasoning was just because he knew Nineveh would repent. And indeed they did, which is great for the Lord. What about the example of Israel? We see time after time in the Old Testament where Israel failed to obey the Lord. In Judges, they were afflicted by other nations. Every time they had a good judge, they followed him. God used them to push back those nations. But every time they got to do their own thing, they did their own thing. And God had to bring other nations to chastise them. So what about the saved? Well, the first thing that happens to us, if we're truly saved, is we're convicted. Uh, John 16 is talking about the Comforter. Just in the verse before this, Jesus is telling them that a Comforter will will come. And in 8 it picks up, And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on Me, of righteousness before I go to My Father, and He see Me no more, of judgment because the Prince of this world is judged. If we're truly saved in the Lord when we do wrong things we feel that that's something that we feel in our hearts that the Holy Spirit puts on us so that we can change that's kind of the easy step right the next thing that happens if we continue is we'll we're chasing chastened and scourged you know God doesn't do this because he delights in doing it first Corinthians eleven thirty one 31 and 32 says For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Hebrews 12, 5-9 talks long about this. And we've forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God deal with you, dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? For if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not our sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence shall we not much rather be subjection into the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now to no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. God chastens us to turn us from what we're doing. And he does it, so that we can have that peaceable fruit of righteousness. That's the thing that He's looking for in us. And finally, if we allow all those things, and even if after we've allowed all those things, we'll suffer loss. At, the, at that day when we meet the Lord, and we give account for the things we've done on this earth, There are going to be some things that I'm not going to be proud of. I won't speak for you. But what we're trying to do is lay up that foundation and build upon the foundation that Christ gave us the things that will remain. 1 Corinthians 3.11-15 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day he shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work, of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, upon he shall receive a reward, and if ever any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet is by fire. Remember, that's that day when we take everything we've done in this life up to God. And what we hope to have is those things that are gold and silver and precious stones, the word that we have spread to others, the souls that God saved because we simply took that time to tell them about him. What about the wood, hay, and stubble? Well, the, a lot of those things are things I did in my past. Some of them are things that I still do today. Things that I'm not proud of, that don't honor God, that, don't, that sometimes I think might honor God, but I let myself do the thinking instead of listening to what God really wants. So what about the unsaved? And this is the, the scary part, part. And I hope if you're here today, you're saved. If you're not, please listen to this. The unsaved Colossians 3 5 and 6 tells us mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness which is idolatry. He's talking to the church right now but he says for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. If you aren't obeying what God wants you to do by being saved, by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're being disobedient. And that it, it's not a wonderful place to be. Revelation 12, 21 to eight tells us, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Those people will be burned up forever. We can have an eternal life in Christ by believing. Please don't be part of that unsaved group. There is a way for you. And that's in Romans 12, 10, 12 through 17. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same load over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And whom shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things." But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report, so then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So I'm kind of trying to talk to you guys that are saved again, right? If you're not out there talking about God, telling them about God, telling people how to be saved, the unsaved don't have a chance. And that's our job as saved Christians. So the next point... After this is serve. And the instruction is do. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. That next instruction is do. I know you probably think I have the points in the wrong order, because if you looked at the title of the today's sermon, it says prepare should be next. But I'm just bear with me because I'm going to follow the order that God gave this message. And we'll get there. Cody made a great point two weeks ago. I hope you guys were here when he preached about that. And the key principle that he preached was, we'll never be truly useful to the body of Christ until we commit to serve the body. Let's talk just a minute so that we can talk about Take a minute so that we can talk about the body. Uh, Romans 12 tells us what the body is. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every member everyone members one of another so we're saved that makes us that we need to be a part of a local body we need to be at a church a local church serving in that church and be there and we need to be used in that church i know when i look out across here i know a I can look at people who I know have jobs and are doing things every week at this church. From the men that come here and clean on Saturday morning, and don't forget, I know the ladies used to do that for a really long time. But the ladies who help make sure the children's church is all arranged so that the kids have some place to go on Sunday. From the worship team that gets up here every week and sings and leads you guys in worship to those that teach in classes, most importantly to Brother Jay and Cody, because they're up here on a weekly basis leading this. But we all have roles in the body. I'm not going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 12-27, through because I know we've read it all before. But Paul talks about the body as being one, and it has several members. He talks about the hand. You know, and he talks about the foot and the eye and the ear. We can't all be hands. We certainly can't all be voices that speak out from the pulpit. We, We can't all teach. Those are gifts that God gives us. And God gives us those gifts to be used for him. But... There are too many parts of the body for us to ever say, well, I just don't know what I'll do at the local church. There are too many jobs, too many things that need to be done here. Too many times just giving a helping hand to someone else from the church when they need it. When we send food to a family that's lost a loved one or is sick. That's our job as members of the local church. God has gifted us all. We all have at least one gift. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 5. Now concerning spiritual, or actually through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit there are differences of ministrations but the same Lord and there are diversities of operations but is the same God which worketh in all and all but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit who with all All. For to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. But all these worketh that one and safe sound same spirit dividing to every man severally, as he will. So we all have a gift. If you don't know what your gift is, pray about it and start to work. If you you aren't trying to serve in the church, sometimes it can be difficult to determine what your gift is. I know that as I started here and became more involved in the church... The first thing Jay came to me one one Wednesday, you know, I'd been doing work around the church, painting, cleaning, doing things like that. That's the place where I was really comfortable helping. Really liked doing that. That's cool stuff. And Jay came to me one Wednesday and said, Dave, I need you to do something. And thinking that it would be something like cleaning or some little job, I said, why, sure. And Jay said, I want you to teach on a Wednesday night. Well, that really wasn't what I thought I was going to be doing. I, I got to tell you, uh, but today I'm really glad that my response was sure, even though I didn't know what I was going to be doing. That should be our response to Jay when he asks us to do things. Jay Jay's knows what our limits are. He watches us, and if you don't think he does, you'd be surprised. He knows everyone in this church. And He watches us. He knows what we can do. And He's not going to push us so far out of our limits that we're going to fail. And even if we do fail, remember that God uses us. So, the key point here is God gifted us to serve the body. Would we allow those gifts to fall void? Are we just going to Take the gifts that God gave us. Ignore the fact that they exist. Ignore that He's given them to us. And just let somebody else do that job. Because, well, they're doing it and they can do it. And they certainly can do it better than I can. Well, if that were the case, today this would be an empty pulpit. I promise you. The two guys that do the best job here are away. And... I'm just doing my best to serve God in the way that I've been asked. The point here, too, is if we do the things that we're asked to do, but we're divisive, we don't serve God. When we murmur and dispute about the things we're doing, are we serving with our heart? Or is the reason why we're serving to uplift ourselves? You know, I, I don't hear it here. But you can hear it. People who are asked to serve in the children's ministry. You know what? I'm an old man. And little babies sometimes cry. And it's tough on us old guys. But if I'm asked to be back there, I'll be back there. And not because I need any glory out of that. God needs us to do that. Us being back there serving those little children... Allow the parents to be out here and listen to a sermon. It also helps distractions out here for the rest of us, and I promise you, God sees you doing that, and that is to His glory. When the children of Israel murmured against Moses, the Lord prepared to, despite, to smite and to inherit them. Numbers fourteen. All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness? They're murmuring against Moses and Aaron, because Aaron and Moses are following what God has told them to do. And God sees that. So the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me and how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I've showed among them. I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. While They were following what God asked them to do reluctantly and they're murmuring the whole time they're doing it. Look at how God looked at that. If it hadn't been for Moses intervening and saying Lord please don't do that. God could have wiped out the children of Israel at that time and raised up another nation. The sons of Korah murmured against Aaron and Moses. They were disputing their God-ordained position. They even went so far as to make the argument that the whole congregation was holy anyway, despite what had been demonstrated many times before. The response that God gave to this was He swallowed up the sons of Korah. He separated them from the people of Israel and simply swallowed them up in the earth. Something that had never been seen before. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 gives us some instruction today. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. It's pushing back to that. Sons of Korah, right? Matthew 10, 16 says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You know, if we're not murmuring and disputing the things that we've been told to do, then we're harmless. We're doing those things. The world sees that we're doing those things that we should be doing. If we give offense by murmuring or disputing, then we're not blameless. And if we're blamed, the blame reflects on the ministry. 2 Corinthians 6.3 Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Kind of an interesting story is when, Paul, when Peter came to Antioch, Paul was stood him face to face because he was to be blamed. Peter was teaching something to the Gentiles that wasn't what God wanted. And Paul knew it. And ultimately, Peter knew it. Peter recognized that. So my next point is prepare. And I told you we would get here. And although it seems out of order, that's okay. Really, though, isn't this the first step of all? Preparing? You know, Philippians 2.16 tells us, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Our service is to hold forth the word of life. Titus 1.9 says, Holding fast the faithful word, as thou hast been taught, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. So what is that word? First John 1 John 1-3 tells us. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness. And show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That word of life is Jesus Christ. God gives us his word. He gives us a copy in a language that we can read. Imagine those parts of the world where they don't have a Bible that they can read. It's passed mouth to mouth because it's not written in a word. Or they're in a society where learning to read isn't such a big deal. And so they don't really even know how to read. They don't have that tool in front of them. We're gifted. We have that tool. And we should be reading it every day. That's part of what we should be doing just to learn more about God. Read it and study it. Uh, the church has been following a plan over, for the past two years just to get through the Bible in a year, every day. There's some wonderful tools out there. We have a couple books that help you do that, help give you some commentary on it. But you need to be taking that time to do that. Because if you can't, how are you going to prepare? How can you ever be prepared? Uh, And anything else we do is in vain. Galatians 4, 8 through 9 tells us, How by it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. And now, after ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desired again to be in bondage? you observe days and months and times and years i'm afraid of you lest i've bestowed upon you labor in vain paul was asking the galatians to labor he was telling them you know what back in those old times you were doing things that were of your own nature that was of your flesh and you were doing service unto them but you know god now why do you turn back to those things I feel like I've labored in vain because you turn back to the things that you know not to do even though I've tried to help you get there. Again, 1 Corinthians 3 tells us about those things that happen when we labor. And remember, do we want those things to be gold and silver or precious stones? Or do we want them to be hay and stubble and wood? Things that just burn up. And those things that we do, I don't, the things I do, I don't want to be in vain anyway. I don't want the things that I do each day to not be a glory to God. And if they're not a glory to God, then I know immediately that those things are going to be burned up. So the foundation to all we do is laid by Christ. And our pastor takes a lot of time building upon that foundation. He uses the Word that we have. He uses this Word and preaches only from this. When you hear Jay on Sunday morning, you're not going to hear a prosperity message. You're not going to be messages about how this is your best life now. It's not. He's going to preach to you about what's in the Word and how to have the best life ever. And that's an eternal life through Jesus Christ. So finally, if we've done all these things, let's rejoice. Philippians 2.16 says, Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me kind of a strong message from Paul when you stop and think for a minute he's in prison so he's already in prison because he's preaching the word he's doing the things that others don't think is the right thing to do because they're thinking of themselves well even more so the Philippians are have that great example that they're obeying what he wants them to do and he they're preaching and they're telling others about him And yet, he's willing to be sacrificed for that. That's a piece of the sacrifice that he's willing to accept too. Can you imagine if someday we were in a world where Jay got put in prison for preaching from here? Would we be afraid to come back up here and continue what he's doing? Because he's in prison? And I know that Jay would take that gladly that we're doing it. And not just that we're doing it, but if more, came, more punishment came to him because he's built up a church that's willing to serve God, well, all the more so. And that was what Paul saw. Remember her, Hebrews thirteen seventeen told us, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch over your soul as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. You know, Jay's not a responsible for what we do, but it grieves him when we don't follow what we know to do. And when we're following what we know to do, and we're serving in the church, wow, that makes him sad. So, I mean, you can see that joy when he hears that something's moving along that he expected to have happen. You can also see the grief when, you know, somebody let down their service and just said well i just failed to show up sunday without good reason and we know there are good reasons i really like that word sacrifice that's used here and and that word sacrifice if you go all the way back he what he talks about is being offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith if you Rewind the clock a long ways back to First Chronicles 6.49. What you read is Aaron and his sons offered upon the altar of the burnt offering and the altar of incense and were appointed for all the work of the place most holy and to make an atonement for Israel according to all that Moses, the servant of God, had commanded. Why did they make those offerings? What was that offering for? It was an offering of sacrifice. It's an offering of service. It was an offering to God. Remember, God didn't want them to just do the sacrifice because, well, it's, it's the morning, let's go ahead and it's time to have a burnt offering. It was every time that that happened to remember that you were doing that to the glory of God. You were doing that as a sacrifice to God, to honor Him. So, I'm probably going to get fired from this job because it took me a lot less than i had hoped to get here but the key point if we prepare if we obey prepare and do our pastor is going to rejoice i i know that jay is rejoicing right now just knowing no matter how poorly i do that the church met today and that someone at least stood up here and use the bible to talk about god and to try to impart something that god wanted we should rejoice too right i, I got to promise you i rejoice with colin taking on more he is the more he is with and he's not in here hiding right now but dave dave's stepping outside of his comfort zone and every time those guys do that wow, that makes me so happy because I see people that are willing to serve God in ways that they never thought they would, that just way outside of what they're comfortable doing. So some points to ponder. Are we ready to serve when we're asked? I, that's just a question for you guys. If Jay came to you tomorrow and said, I need you to do something without telling it what it telling you what it is, what's your response going to be? Is it going to be, well, Jay, you know, as long as it's not something too hard or something that I don't really want to do, or Jay, as long as it's not going back there and taking care of those kids, I'll do anything but that. Well, that may be what he wants you to do. Look, I promise you we need help back there. What are you going to say? Are you just going to say yes? And then find out what it is? When Jay asked me to be up here today, I already knew in my heart what what the answer was. But I told him I wanted to pray about it. Because that's something I needed to do. He told me on a Wednesday night, by Friday morning, I knew I had to obey God. And... God didn't just let me believe that just of myself. It was amazing. I had a conversation on Saturday morning with Colin. And Colin made the point, you know, because he's moving into what he's doing now. And he said, you know, I kind of resisted that. And he said, what I realized was it was disobedience. I, and that's what it is. I, I already knew that that's what I should be doing. And then Cody preached on Sunday. And he talked about how can we be truly useful unless we're serving in the church. Well, right. I I don't know about you guys. I've been praying for a long time to be used of God. I hope that each of you are. But what I want to promise you something is don't do that and don't mean it. You better mean it. Because God's going to put you someplace and God's going to use you in ways that aren't comfortable to you. He's going to throw you up there. And praise God, He's with you every step of the way. Just like that song we sang this morning. He's beside us. He's not... The Lord didn't rely on me to do this message this morning. He was with me the whole time. So just think about What it is you're going to do when you're asked. Are we learning how to serve now so that we can hold forth the word of life? If you're not in the Bible every day, how are you ever going to be ready to serve? And it's fairly simple. Just start. You know, the first time, couple times through the Bible, you don't get it sometimes you get it you might be smarter than me but you don't get it Amen. and the amazing thing is is every time you go through the bible god opens new things to your eyes you, Lord. I, it's amazing i read a word and i think i never saw that before what does he mean and you have those tools and you start to learn we have a wonderful program at this church to help you learn that if you're saved we have a program called discipleship and that's where we work through what is doctrine what do those one-on-one relationships look like and then it's followed up with ministry tools and training to teach you better how to open this word and how to know what God has in it the final thing I want to ask you is the service that you're doing today Cause your pastor and church leaders joy or grief. Are you doing the things that they would ask you to do? Simple question. Are you stepping up to them and saying, I want to know how to serve in the church. I'm able-bodied. I'm a piece of the body. You know, I may be just a foot, but just use me. Help me. If you're praying to God to use you, and you're talking to your church leaders and your pastor, they're going to open that door for you. And, and God will use you to his service, and God will you do mighty things with you, all to his glory. If you guys will join me in prayer, we'll go ahead and close out early. Sorry about that, Jay. Uh, <laughs> Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for being here with us today. Lord,